I've been around the world and everywhere. I've been up and down the country. Oh, I heard you went to that Scotch land, didn't you? Yes. Don't they eat that that stuff, that, that you know, that hagweed? Haggis. That, yeah, that's what I said, the hagweed. Yes, haggis, uh, not, not hagweed. What, is that why you went up there to have the hagweed? No, I didn't go specifically for haggis. Although... Well, I don't like it when you're gone. Oh, did you miss me? No, I ain't saying that. I just don't like it. You just want to know that I'm here. Well, I can't do me singing then, can I? Fair enough. We're back. We're back, Eddie! Studio after a long absence, Marsha and Sylvia. Yay! What up, people? Uh, Hello. Where have you guys been? Dookie, you know, it's a long story, and we've been. We've been around the world, and we, 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 we ain't seen our Dookie! Fair enough, and welcome back. Yeah, Dookie, we've decided that. Any time that we need to answer a question that could be long-winded or a bit boring, like the answer, we'll just have Irene like work it out in song. Will you be doing that in your own life outside of the Dookie Radio show? I think we do that in show. our own life. You know, like a, they say a picture paints a thousand words? Yes. Well, Irene's song paints a million words. It certainly Doesn't paints it? a number because of words. Because she answered the question, she did it very accurately, and yes. she did it in a much more entertaining way than either myself or Martha could, I think. True. Don't you think, Martha? Yeah, I think I think she could just sing my whole life, basically, and then I never have to talk again. That means Don't that... Did you ever get tired of talking? <laughs> probably not. That probably wouldn't be good, you know, if you're doing a radio show. But, you know, sometimes, you know, I just want to zip it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I want to do it like when I go for a coffee. Like, you know, what do you want? You know, she could sing, you know, large black Americano. And, you know, it would be funny. It would be entertaining. And I could, you know, just like not have to talk to anybody. So the two of you would like to recruit the services of... A pensioner, singer, soothsayer. Yeah, I think we're going to keep her on retainer. Right. How much will you be paying, Irene, for her services of storytelling? Well, through I don't the know. What are we going to? Are we going to bang out the contract right here on air? Or are we going to what? I mean, is that wow? That's going to be pretty entertaining. <laughs> You've been away a long while. I We've been away a this. long time, but you know, all people need to know is that me and me and Silver, you know, we're still shacked up together, good good roommates, and uh, we've been around the world. And I, I, and I, 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 I
I have met Martha's family. Oh, you went to Ohio? We did. How did you get on? Like Chrissy Hind. Yes. Yeah, yeah, rocked it. Yeah, well, who wouldn't love Silk? They're very lovely people. Very lovely indeed. The McDonald family. Oh, the, you know, my family, everyone, cousins, everyone, everyone loves the Silk. Everyone, you know, there was a point, you know, Dookie, I know that you were panicked that we weren't coming back from there. And you made it, remember when you made us promise to bring you like Reese's peanut butter cups back, even though you can get those over here now. We did indeed stop off at uh, Quick Mart to buy you some white cheddar cheese popcorn because that you can't get here. No. And that was like, that was like you telling us like, you got to come back. You know, yes. that was like you getting like a deposit, you're coming mm. back. And are you enjoying the white cheddar cheese popcorn here? Beautiful. Beautiful. I don't understand why you Brits can't do cheesy popcorn. I mean, why is it so hard? I think there's something in that. I think we should. I had it here once and it was like, it was like sweet, but it was like cheese. It was like sweet cheese. It was rank. You know, I like in my most PMSC, even even still. When it's been produced here, cheesy popcorn has been non-committal. Really, it should make its mind up. Sweet or savory? Yeah, it's it's rank. You Not gotta both. you gotta fly across an ocean to get that stuff. You you gotta. Well, thanks for coming back, and many many thanks for the the bounty of junk food that I look forward to uh, consuming probably in the next 24 hours, all in one go. Dookie, let's face it, and Marcia, don't take this the wrong way, Marcia has a lot of making up to do to you, doesn't she, Dookie, about what happened in Scotland. Oh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Shit went down. Yeah. Shit went down. You know, yeah. Shit happens. Shit happens. Have you forgiven her, Dookie? Absolutely. I wasn't that upset to begin with. It was an unfortunate series of events that led to an even more unfortunate series of reactions to that event. It's ruined your entire life, Dookie. How long has it been going on? We've been back for a week now. Yes. And let's face it, I don't think you're having the best week you've ever had in your life. I've had better weeks, but I've had worse weeks. Can you have to pull two pensioners off of each other? That is true. Can you see how English I've gotten? I say pensioners now, not like senior citizens. Didn't you have to pull... Weren't they scratching each other's eyes out? Fists were... Wow. (laughs) Fists were being made and mouths were indeed being hit. Did you like literally... There was a tiny amount of blood that I saw. Really? Genuinely. It was pretty intense. <laughs> the irony being is that earlier this month, I went to Rebellion, you know, a punk festival yeah, in yeah, Blackpool. Yeah. No bloodshed. I come back to London. I'm in Maida Vale, which, if you don't know London, is a posh area. And I see two pensioners going at it. Having a fight, that is. They weren't. Did you, like, literally get in between them? I did. Like, literally, like in the movies. I ended up sounding a bit like a hippie. I think my voice suddenly became a bit like that. How old were they? I would say the younger of the two was... Please say they were like 100. The younger of the two would have been in her late 60s, and the more senior person was mid-70s. Okay, so that's kind of unfair fight. (laughs) Really? Because you can be in your mid-60s and still be pretty genki. 
Genki was I just Japanese. That, I got that word from you. Yes. I like that word. It's a Japanese word for health. You know, you know, sprightly. Feeling well. Yeah, sprightly. sprightly. Yes. Yeah. So you can be in your seat. You know, that's not old, really. No. Yeah. So, and, and but who was giving it more? You know, who was giving it more? The bottom line is that the older of the two was the one dominating their blood. The blood that I saw came from the mouth of the young'un. Are we talking two men or two women or two non two women. Oh, two women. Two women. Oh, see, isn't that how sexist of me? I wasn't, I was mm. actually picturing two men. Two women. And Dookie, may I ask what the issue was? The bottom line is, I don't know. The senior member who was the m- more angry of the two... I believe she's Spanish, or from a Spanish-speaking part of the world. Right. And her English ability was really limited. And the person who had a bloody mouth was a bit Jesus. in shock and then kind of mumbling a bit. Because, wow. You know, maybe the dentures had been moved about. Oh, uh, you know, yeah, all right. Yeah. And th- there seemed to be an issue with shopping. And where they were going. Jesus. So how did it end? It ended with me being hippie dukey. <laughs> I was like, you know, come on, guys. You should love each other. It's a beautiful day. I think I said it's a beautiful day. And it was. The sun was out. Uh, I could see the sun glistening in the blood of the person's mouth. Jesus. So did they, what, did they uh, waddle off in their separate ways or what? I'm not being ageist. I just, sorry. I, I don't mean to be ageist. It's just a funny thing. You think by the time you get to that age, hopefully you'd be over all that rage, and but apparently not. No, no. It, it's, I think anger can manifest itself in a violent way at any age. And uh, yeah. Obviously. I, I, for me, the main issue is divide and conquer. So I separated them and I thought... The best thing to do is tell the person who had the bloody mouth, listen, do you want to go to the cafe over there? Get whatever you want. I'll pay for it. I even kind of popped into the independent coffee retailer. There are other places. <laughs> there are national chains. There are international chains. There is Casta. And just put it this way. The people in the coffee shop were aware of what was going on. I gave the thumbs up, showed my card and just indicated, yes, I'll... This person can get whatever they want. And then it became Operation Help the the Spaniard or South American or wherever this person was from. Sounds like she's from Rageville. Uh, yes. Okay. And I just needed to get them, divide Dookie, them. Li- I'm and just I gonna... escorted her home. Dookie. Yes. That was only a mere raindrop in the shitstorm that has been your week. A mere trickle of blood. That was just a mere dro- a droplet of dew. Yes. From the sounds of it. Yes. In your shitstorm of a week. My peacekeeping mission ultimately was successful, but some of the more dark events that have happened in the last week, well, they're unresolved. Yeah, and your dog is was sick of a, sick as a dog, right? Yes, poor Molly the Sprolly. Molly the Sprolly hasn't been well. Is she better? She is better. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. She has a very poorly elbow. Yes, she. That's a terrible elbow. Her elbow became infected. There's a, a condition which has a very long Latin name that I cannot remember, but. In English terms, it, it was fucking nasty. I think it's a technical term. Yeah, it looks pretty grim from where I'm yes. sitting. But yeah, uh, so she's better. But and then you've had 
some band dingalings that you won't want to go into and there've been band dingalings yeah and then we won't talk about your parking ticket because that's my fault but Anyway, should we just say, okay, so we're all in Scotland together for the Fringe so that we can do, you know, show, you know, this show. Yes. About Fringe. Yes. Fob off the Fringe. Yeah. So uh, I don't know why that you're the fob that unlocks your Volvo is not attached to your keys. Now, I'm not saying that it's your fault because it's clearly my fault that this happened. I'm just saying that that was a recipe for disaster. Marsha, before we go into this, yeah, here's what smells in Dukey's car this week. For many people, the humble Volvo estate car, or station wagon, as it's known in other parts of the world, is the ultimate suburban family vehicle. An ideal means to get a family with two kids and a Labrador from point A to point B. My own Volvo 850 SE estate car, however, is very different. It's a rock and roll touring machine that's transported musicians and musical equipment to gigs across Europe. It's seen many venues and encountered even more smells. Now we're going to find out what smells in Dukey's car this week. Bonsoir. Here's a song about a man with a car and a big problem. Do you want to guess what smells in Dukey's car? I want to know. Yeah. And do you want to guess the stench in his mouth? of that whiff What is causing that nasty nip Investigating that funky pump in Dukey's car Yeah What stinks Do you know what smells in Dukey's car this week? I have no idea Do you know why? Why? The fob. The fucking fob, man. Hence the title of this instalment of the Dookie Radio Show. Fob off the fringe has nothing to do with disdain or any opinion about the Fringe Festival. The Fringe Festival, in its 69th year, the rudest of all years, was absolutely brilliant. But something happened with the Volvo's fob. The fucking fob. The why, fucking fob. Why is the thing, the piece of plastic that locks and unlocks your car, a completely separate entity to the key that starts the car? Because recently it tore apart from yeah. the rest of the key. Okay, so that's a recipe for disaster. So when Dookie gives me the fob for the car because I left my phone charger in there and then I go get the phone charger from the car and then I stick the fob in my pocket and then the fob falls out of my pocket, a chain of events unravels that is more... It's just horrifying than anything that Stephen King has ever dreamed up in his life, right? Indeed, indeed. So that led to a whole your ultimate downfall. Yeah. Yes. Dookie, listeners, sorry. Yes. I'd like to explain the concept of the big job love. Yes. You know what I'm talking about, Dookie? If you live in the UK. 
I think that you're pretty well acquainted with the concept of the big job love. Yes. Do you think so? If you live in this country, you will definitely have come across at some stage a big job love interaction. So this is a concept of where you hire any person to come over and repair something for you that is in some way broken. Yes. And whether this job is big or small, this person who is normally showing probably at least two inches of butt crack. That goes with that saying. Will take the most cursory of looks at whatever it is that's broken. So say it's your washing machine Mm. and whatever it is so one time i had like my washing machine i hadn't cleaned out my filter in a while and it had like naughty i know it's terrible i'm no i'm a terrible dirty slut uh slutty slutty zoo she can come over and clean my filter so i had a very very tiny little itty bitty screw in my filter so it was messing up my washing machine now, what the big job love person does is he takes the most cursory of looks at the washing machine, takes a swift intake of breath in through his teeth, like like so, shakes his head as though he's giving you literally days to live, and says, big job love, big job. Oh, big job love. Yes, usually in an accent that's somewhat like that. It seldom is, you know, oh, goodness, I hate to say this, but it really is a big job. Yes, and it's hardly ever going to be, don't worry, this is literally the work of minutes. I might, this will take no time at all. Yeah, you're never going to get that, are you? I could sort this out in seconds. Exactly. So when it was... Yeah, it's it's enough. just and when I had my washing machine fixed that one time, I was just like, well, all you have to do. He sold me the screw. He took it out and then he put the filter back and then he said, you're done. So I was like, well, what's what was with a big job, love? Because it wasn't really a big job at all. It was actually a very teeny tiny job that he could which have, cost me an awful lot of money. Absolutely. Yeah. The call out charge, the labor. Yes. Was, so. Hmm. When we were in a situation when we found that the fob was missing, and I remember saying to you, let's just hope that the guy from the recovery, the auto recovery place, isn't a Scottish version of a big job love. Mm. Dookie, what was he? He was the Scottish version of... A, a big job. Jesus no. Christ, he told us that we were all, he practically, let's face it, he practically told us that the three of us were all going to die. He basically showed up, took one look at the car, took a swift intake of breath like Sylvia very beautifully demonstrated, and said, you're all going to fucking die. That might be a slight exaggeration, but only slightly. Dookie, mm. it's the first time we've ever seen Marcia cry. Marcia I didn't cry. Cried. I didn't cry. I Ooh, was just some welling up. A little took place. in need of some whiskey. You're in Scotland, of course. Jesus! I mean, he showed up, took one look at the car, heard the explanation that we couldn't unlock it. Well, we could unlock it, but it wouldn't drive because the alarm immobilized the whole goddamn car. That's right. Basically, without the fob, the car 
turned into a two-ton brick. Basically. And then and then proceeded to tell us that we were never going to get home, that we'll probably never see the car again, that because the car is a Swedish make, that Detlef from Stockholm was going to have to be contacted because he's the only guy in the fucking world that knows anything about the fucking fob for the fucking Volvo, and then said, good luck, you guys don't have a fucking hope in hell. And by the way, this car's parked in the in a lower ground floor, NCP. That he couldn't even get his truck into. <laughs> Our recovery vehicle won't fit. So we need to wait for a 4x4 to turn up to take your brick that probably will never be able to travel on Britain's highways, byways and indeed alleyways for at least a year. Dickie, the thing that really pees me off you know i'll try to cut down on my swearing here it really pees me off that basically he was right he was right yeah but i didn't you know did any of the three of us need to hear that at that moment you're all going fucking freaky nuts because your dog you're is only 25 miles away in a boarding kennel and you're thinking how the hell am i gonna get my dog home and i'm thinking jesus if i come between this man and his dog i am toast Mm. right and my Volvo. Yeah, and the guy's and Volvo. Volvo the, matter, two yes. things in the world that you love the most, your car and your dog, and I've just like gotten in the middle of the two of them. I'm like you between those two old people. Yes. Right? What goes around comes yeah, around. Yeah, well, exactly. So how can a piece of plastic... So then you get the rental car home, park it in what, your spot? Yes. Do you pay for that spot? Yes. Number 77, right? Yes. Because it's the year of punk. Yes. Is that why you got it? <laughs> I would like to say yes, but... Dookie, uh... <laughs> did you ask for number 77? Really? <laughs> I am so punk. That is so punk. No, it, it was just chance. 77 was given to me. Dookie, how much, how, how much money do you spend for that spot? Like, do you pay like a year? I pay on a weekly basis through the local council. Do you really pay weekly? Yes. Honestly. Dookie, that's the most bureaucratic thing I've ever heard of. But isn't your car parked there all the time? Yes. Okay, so how much? The council takes money out that's like paying once your, a week. That's like paying your mortgage weekly. Like, surely that's more paperwork or, you know, what stands in for paperwork nowadays what part of what part of the word council did you not understand okay so how much do you pay a week it's quite inexpensive no go on how much how much is it about three pounds three pounds so that's 12 pounds a month yes still it's money you know it's it's money it is money that's like five cups of coffee right there yes right so five cups of coffee you pay for that parking space right and you park the rental car there Yes. And don't you have to put some card in it or something? Yes, a scratch card. You have people coming to visit you so they can park on in your parking lot, right? That's right, yeah, yeah. So you had one of those in it and you still got a ticket. Yes. So my Volvo is (laughs) by the way, it's missing. We we have no idea what a Volvo is. We know it left Scotland because when we were driving in the courtesy car that the insurance company. That was incredible, man. That was incredible. A needle in a haystack would be a more likely find than the us. The haystackiest stack of the M6. Than us, while driving home from Edinburgh, seeing our car on the back of a lorry with many, many other cars, getting off a junction that would have taken that vehicle 
our lovely Volvo and the many other cars that were with it to North Wales. That was more than a week ago. The Volvo has not made it to London because in Edinburgh, the local garages couldn't do anything with it. And yeah, and Mr. Scottish Big Job Love guy was right. He was right. Like, you're never going to see the car again. I better make arrangements. Alternative arrangements is what he said. You know, I don't. I'm just glad your insurance covered the tow because. Whoa. I know you were going to take the National Express home. And if you don't know the National Express, just think. You know, you're on a bus. Listen, there's a track by the Divine Comedy, which gives you a flavour for the National Express. Nobody needs to be on cross-country a bus. Nobody. Sylvia, you ever taken a bus cross-country? No, I am not... I don't have the bravery or the courage for that. I just really don't. In the Americas, have you ever done the Greyhound thing? No, that's what I mean. I right. just could not even countenance getting on a cross-country bus because I just think, I just think Midnight Cowboy. Mm. Don't they take a bus? They do. Yes. And isn't it kind of not great? There are other means of transport available should you wish to... Dog bless all yes. the people out there who are taking the Greyhound or the National Express. I just find myself being very cowardly because I hear nothing but horror stories. I did half a tour using Greyhound exclusively when our vehicle had had died. That is very frightening to me. And it was really weird. For four different legs of that tour, I was sitting next to members of the Mennonite community because myself and the other band members shall we say we needed some time away from each other ah i got you and uh the mennonites very smartly dressed excellent uh least they're less likely to you know headwear go, yeah mm. you know they're they're less likely to go postal i mean surely true true is that a stereotype yeah it's a nice one Right? The Mennonites. We're not likely to go postal. Please visit our communities. Uh, Hello? Uh, Welcome. Uh, Would you like to buy some corn? You know, I just don't want to sit next to anybody that's likely to go postal. I used to work with this woman who had been... She had quite a shady background by the time I met her. She was like in her 40s when I met her. And she had a pretty shady background that she wouldn't talk about very much. But I knew she'd been married once before. At least once. And I asked her about it once. And the only thing she said was, Never marry a man you meet on public transport. And I just thought, yeah. She met her husband on a bus... And I'm thinking he didn't turn out to be all that kind of a nice kind of guy. That's all I'm saying. So so the thought of you taking National Express actually made me want to go postal. For, you know, for like a piece of fucking plastic, people. That's all it is. How can it bring down somebody's whole life? This has been a week now. And, and the money, my God. I mean, how much was your parking ticket? One hundred pounds. Jesus. To charge me for the privilege of being 
in the car park space that you that pay I, for. Yeah, that I pay for on yeah. a weekly basis. Yeah, uh, a weekly, yeah. And using my scratch card for visitors. Yeah. So I became my own visitor. Yeah, well, yeah, I, and, you know... I'm contesting it, incidentally. Are you? Yes. Oh, we're going to go all, like, what, Kramer versus Kramer on their ass? <laughs> why am I... Why is that the first legal drama that b- pops into my mind? I don't understand that, but... I mean, that I'll was go about, with it, that Kramer. Was custody and divorce. But, you know, yeah, it's you a get the similar idea. kind of Yeah, I, you know, like, yes. you can't handle the truth kind of thing. Is it going to go all like that? Absolutely, oh, yes. Oh, cool! I'm going to deal with the British traffic version of Jack Nicholson in, in A Few Good Men. Oh, that's... Dookie, you know, I'm going to be making you ZD for the rest of my life. Because you like my ZD, right? Yes. So... You know, there isn't enough ZD that can make up for all the, all the inconvenience that it truly did turn out to be a big job love. The fob was lost. Shit happens. Yes. And we got back to London in a reasonably sane state of mind, the the, the three of us. Dookie, can I just say one The four of us, if you include the dog. Yeah. I don't mean to make anybody feel worse. Mm. Your dog was pretty traumatized. This is true. She loves that Volvo. Dookie Radio Show listeners will not believe this. Yeah, this is where I can't (laughs) handle anymore. So we, in the hire car, the courtesy car, a cute little Ford Fiesta. There are other cars. There are other means of transport. Yeah, it's kind of a Lego car. We drive to Fife, where the kennels who have enjoyed Molly the Spolly's company are based. Great kennels run by a lovely Scottish family. It would be really weird if it was run by, you know, a Lithuanian family. You know, hello, welcome to Fife. I really wish it was. I want a dog. Hello. I really wish it was, yeah. But it's not. It's run by a lovely Scottish family. They are lovely, lovely people. The dog was really, really well looked after. And Marsha, I know you're not a dog person, but even you have to admit... No, I don't have to. When Molly was given back to us, she was sniffing around looking for the Volvo. She did. We opened the door to the Ford Fiesta and she really did give us... a. Yeah. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, I don't really vibe. N- know about this stuff, but she does seem to like your Volvo, and she, you know, she didn't need to kind of be hoisted into this plastic Lego Ford. So yeah, that's... it's about familiarity, and it's a paddock. The Volvo is a paddock that she's familiar with. I think I'm gonna go off now and make you another tray of ziti. Uh, she does make very good ziti. Oh. Gorgeous. She only started making that after she was watching The Sopranos. It took us <laughs> 17 years to get round to watching The Sopranos. That show. They were always eating ZD. And went, had their last episode in what, 2006, and we only just got round to you know binge what? watching that bad boy earlier in the year. I couldn't really get through all of it, but I just found it very repetitive. But the thing that really bugged me was every time he was eating her a Carmel ZD, mm. he wasn't enjoying it. He would just sit there being angry and stabbing at it with a fork. Mm. That's it. So I'm thinking, well, if you, she probably makes a really rockin' ZD. At least thing, enjoy yeah. it. I mean, put your anger aside for a few minutes. My gosh. Uh, Marsha, I love your ZT. It is beautiful. I, I appreciate that. So get back to London. The dog is traumatised. The Volvo 
is at that particular stage when we got back here somewhere in wales and i get a fucking parking ticket despite using a scratch card and my own parking bay you know what music i think you should end this episode with i think you should end it with you know and where is the volvo dun 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 you know that kind of thing because <laughs> it's like you know we genuinely don't know to be, we don't know. Yeah, th- this segment is called What Smells in Dukey's Car This Week. And the bottom line is, I, I don't know. Don't, I don't know where the car is. If, if anybody route to a local garage. If anyone out there is in North Wales, can you just walk outside now and have a look around for a dark green Volvo station wagon with a, with a grey roof box? You just, you know, we'll wait. And if you see it, Hug it. Hug it for me. Anyway, that's what smells in, in Dookie's car. Yeah, we have no freaking idea. So it's I guess... It's lonely. It's lonely. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. And now you know what cars at home in Dookie's car. Cool. Blimey, mate. Big job, love. Big job. Talk to me in German. Ooh, that gets me hot. The Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Talk to me. The last time we were there, we had puppet rage. We did. We had puppet rage because it was just a month before the Scottish referendum. Not the Brexit referendum, the Scottish referendum. That's right, yeah. So two years ago that we last went to the Fringe. And we had angry puppets. The porridge was made with hate. We had hateful porridge. And this time, everybody was so lovely. The porridge was made with love. It was so lovely to be back in Scotland again. A bit of my heart is still in Edinburgh, I have to say. Yeah, and you danced with a very lovely woman... Uh, a comfortable shoe-wearing woman. Yeah, my kind of woman. Liked her a lot uh, in Mars. I call it Mars because I can't stand to say mum. A fantastic calf. Dare I say, it's my fave calf on yeah, the Yeah, it's pretty cool. They, they're they super friendly in there. And we had puppet rage. And we also had puppet rage. So, Not, yes, we didn't have puppet rage at the calf. No. Uh, if... Sylve's never seen me cry. I've never seen her get that angry. Yes. He gave me the rage, Dookie. We went to see... And that, that was... This puppet rage was from this most recent fringe visit. I'm waking in the night thinking about him. An Australian puppet at that. I don't like him. Like, the last time there was puppet rage, it was Scottish falsetto sock puppets, which yes. I do indeed love to say. Um, and they were just rageful little sock puppets, but they're inherently they're wonderful. And we saw them again this year, and they are just wonderful, love, love wonderful, life affirming, affirming beings. Mm. So you know, we all have our rageful moments. Yes, and they are completely and utterly forgiven. Yes, this other purple puppet, mm. he needs to go away. The first half of the show was amazing, and the second half was reserved for. The release of Relentless Bile. I think that if a certain presidential candidate with very odd hair Mm. were a purple puppet, he would be this puppet. Yes. Because 
I don't go to the fringe to be shouted at by a puppet. And he had a puppet us for leaving. Yes, we left early. And, and I'm a vegetarian, and he was, like, shouting at people. Like, he had a pop at us saying, oh, we must be meat lovers. And because he was, like, all about the veganism. And I thought, I'm going to not be very nice to him if I ever meet him in person. Mm. Or in puppet. Yeah, the puppet or the puppeteer. Both. She got the rage of the puppet. That was, ra- that was should we call it felt rage? <laughs> Oh, and by the way, you know, I don't care. You know, I'm a meat eater myself. But, you know, felt is made out of rabbit. And this guy's going on about how he hates people who aren't vegans. And I'm like, well, what is your puppet made out of, Mr. Man? So, yeah, that went so good. And it was the only show that we saw this year where we left before. Yeah, but to be honest, we would have left the other one. But we were like crammed into the corner of the room and leaving would have been a pretty big deal because the room was only as big as like, you know, Mm. a bathroom in a really small house. Our ratio of good to bad shows was quite amazing. We did very, very well. It was only two absolute stinkers that we went to see. She needed to get a show. You know what I mean? Like, she didn't actually have a show. What she had were some blatherings. Yes. She blathered. Yes. Yeah. And she called upon suggestions from the audience to propel half of that show. So, in effect, we've spent £11 each to be given the privilege of seeing this middle-class woman reciting bits of info that she got from the audience and those bits overshadowed her act before it yeah she was all about you know how funny it is being middle class but all she did was talk about food so like you know if you shop at this store you must be really middle class if you eat hummus then you're middle class if you like falafels then you must be middle class And it was when I saw the woman that was sitting in front of me flop her head down onto the shoulder of the person sitting next to her as though to say, please kill me now if this show goes on any longer that I thought, good, at least I'm not alone. And and she quoted from a crappy review she had last year where the critic said, this woman isn't a stand-up comedian. And I was thinking, well, yeah, you're not. Dog bless her, as you and Sylph say. Uh, Every review she had that I read was pretty bad. But, you know, she didn't seem to care. No. It didn't seem to bother her. Like, even her sound guy left. That is quite telling. Like, every show we went to, like, one show I was sitting next to the sound guy, and he was laughing, and I was thinking, wow, that's pretty cool. He's probably heard this show, like, nine million times. Mm. He's still laughing. Whereas her sound guy left, (laughs) and I was thinking, take us all with you. And he only came back in for, what, the last 30 seconds? Yes, to cue some hilarious music interlude. So, yeah, so the, and I was thinking, well, class comes down to a lot of other things, especially in this country, other than food. Mm. You know, you could, like, you don't you have a national trust sticker in your missing car? Oh, my God, you do. Yeah. Jesus, you know, that's. I do, I do. Yeah, but yes. if people don't know what that is, what, Sylv, what is it? If it entitles you, does it not, Dookie, to go to, like, 
stately homes, which are owned by the National Trust, yes. which has been set up to preserve the history of the country. Is that succinct enough Correct. without being boring? So say you could go to a stately home or manor yes. as a tourist to have a look around. And as a National Trust member, you do that for free. Indeed. Well, you pay a fee and then well, you for pay a, a fee, year, yes. you, yeah. you can visit as many stately homes and all places of historical significance and you can get free parking. Rock and roll. Yes. So that's pretty middle class, right? Yes. I mean, I pers- I don't consider myself to be, you know, particularly one class or another. But, you know, when I'm eating hummus, I just think, you know, it's ground up chickpeas. Who cares? I don't, you know, what? who cares? Okay, quick question. What? Waitrose or Sainsbury's? Well, whichever one's closer. Oh. I think we should explain that in this country, Waitrose is kind of like, it means that you've got a bit of money. because You go to Waitrose because, you know, you could do a normal weekly shop there, but it's more expensive and you can get like truffles. Like the mushroom truffles, not the chocolate truffles. Well, you could get those too. Mm. Whereas Sainsbury's is more like, you know, just kind of middling, right? Yes. So, you like, if you've got... A family and you've got less means, you go... But it's still okay, right? I mean, it's not... It's perfectly fine. I bet you're... What are you, like a nothing but a... You're kind of... What are you, like a Whole Foods guy? You're like Harvey... (laughs) What are you, Harrods Food Hall? No, I'm not. I'm genuinely not like that. Do you even buy food? What? (laughs) What is food? I've been around at your house. I've seen you eat nothing but peanut butter and toast and... What your else? ziti. And pa- uh, yeah, my ziti. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, but who cares? I mean, everybody talks about food like, Jesus, could we stop? Could we just talk about something else? The good stuff that we saw. Yes. Now. Our ratio of good to bad shows the best we've been to the fringe together many 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 times our sixth fringe i believe we would genuinely give four or five stars out of five to the majority of the productions that we you're saw. gonna have one of them on your show and it feels like having a celebrity on this show. yes oh my i'm gosh. very very excited oh yes. milo milo mccabe who has a character he's called cute. he is he has a character named troy hawk who is this errol flynn Lookalike who he was very funny and he was free. Yes, the free fringe. Who would have thunk it? Dookie, how much humble pie did we have to shovel in truckloads of humble pie? Because when we went to see the lovely and very amazing Pippa Evans, she her show was free, mm. and we were scoffing when we were in line. We were scoffing, thinking this is probably going to be terrible because it's in a rather insalubrious pub yes and it's free so it must be terrible right you assume that you get what you pay for and that in in many different ways that you may be seeing somebody that's not quite ready for the mainstream fringe wrong wrong what a we rock and so a rock wrong. and ball a mega talent that oh, woman my is because we we had a lot of humble pie we only saw her because 
and the reason we were scoffing was that it wasn't something that we would normally see, but we like her from a show called Drunken History. Yes, the UK version. Where if you haven't seen it, you need to see it because it's where people, they get people drunk and then they have them uh, give it like a history lesson. Mm. The Tutankhamun one is my favorite one. I think it's your favorite one, Dookie. Yes. And then they have people recreate the history themes and of course it's because the people are drunk so of course it's not completely accurate but very very funny Mm. and pippa was in one of the recreation scenes in the tutankhamen one and she was just wonderful yes wonderful dookie so we went to see her thinking, well, we liked her in Drunken History, but it's free and It's on at whatever. 1.30 in the afternoon. Yeah, like whatever. At a pub called Bannerman's in Edinburgh, where I've had the pleasure of playing. Yes. And the blurb that she had in the fringe The blurb booklet, doesn't the do her justice. Did not do her justice at all. And Sticky floors in that pub. Yeah, oh my word, very yes. Sticky floors. But the venue behind was very nice. I think the Volvo may actually have been parked it in there. It might have been stuck in there. Yeah, they simply it cannot drive away on account of the stickiness factor on the... She was a raging ball of mega talent. My word. Mega talent. Uh, and also, Sarah Kendall... Sarah Kendall, who we've seen many, many times, both in London and at the Fringe. Sarah Kendall, her star is on the ascent. So see her now while you can, because she's just, she's a flame-haired goddess who's originally from Australia, who now lives in London. But even if you don't live in London, you will get to see her because her star is on the ascendancy. And we met her afterwards and she was very lovely and gracious. Such a lovely, warm presence, and she keeps getting better and better, and her, has really found her niche as a performer. She's very wonderful. And Foil Arms and Hog, the three lovely sketch performers from Ireland. Mm. Now, the fact that they were not nominated for the Edinburgh Prize. And a certain raging vegan puppet was. Yes. Is a fact that fills me with rage. I'm dumbfounded. Yeah, we're all pretty, you know, Sarah Kendall should have been on there. Uh, Foil Arms and Hog should have been on there. Uh, Pippa should have been on there. You know, John and, Hastings as well. Oh, John Hastings. Uh, now, he was really good, too. He was amazing. You know, just a, another raging ball of mega talent telling a story about, you know, pretty dark story about a murder mm. that was for real. And at the same time, he made it hell hilarious. And yeah, I don't know why why these raging, you know, we need less anger in the world. Here, here. But, you know, I don't want to come over sounding like some hippie. Uh, Andy Saltzman's pretty good, but a lot of what he says goes over my head. In many ways, you have to be British and have a really, really solid understanding of British politics. And, Marsha, you're a recent transplant. Yeah, you and Sylv get it. But, you know, I like like him and I, I... you know, I probably shouldn't objectify people like this. I do love the way he looks. He looks really cool. He looks like a mad professor. Mm. And, you know, I'm not objectifying. Well, yeah, I am objectifying. But, you know, again, like in a good way, right? If you objectify somebody, but it's kind of like, you know, not being sexist, but kind of being nice. Isn't that good? 
Absolutely. Right? So Taking like, a hole. like uh, yeah, Taking should I just keep, you know, we're all so, you know, I'm paranoid nowadays about offending anybody. You know, don't, listen, don't send me death threats, all right? That's all I'm saying. Andrew Zaltzman is a national treasure. He's behind a fantastic podcast called The Bugle, and his sister, Helen Zaltzman, is also a national treasure and is one half of the duo who are responsible for Answer Me This. So there's something in the DNA of that family. For Alarm Thumb and Hog, those three young Irishmen, I was looking at them like, how do you think of this stuff? I mean, that was just genius. They had a, one of them played being a mobile phone. Mm. And it was like both incredible and hilarious. Mm. They were at a the powerhouse same time. of comedy talent. That, again, see them because they are not going to be amongst us mere mortals much longer. No. See them. See Pippa. See Sarah Kendall. See John Hastings. John Hastings. He's Canadian, but he lives in London. Canadian lives in the UK. He made me proud to be Canadian. Yes. And I'm not... And he made me proud to be British, and he's not. He made me proud to wear uh, fuchsia white fronts. <laughs> if God, you yeah. see his publicity photo, do you you know what though? Do you think that other people are bigging us up on you know? Because I kind of think they should. Absolutely. You know, yes. I might have lived here for a little while, and you kind of get that competitiveness mm. knocked out of you a little bit when you when you live in Britain. I'm still like you. You might not know this, but I'm still like mega, mega competitive. So inside, I'm like, yeah, but I think other people should big us up too, right? Absolutely, yes. Shout from the rooftops. Yeah. If you love the Dookie Radio Show. Yeah, shouldn't they? Hooray. Right? Let's be American about it, right? Dookie, Marsha. Yeah, we're great. Sylvia. Yeah, we rock. And so, you know, I'm competitive. But yeah. But that that doesn't mean that I don't wish well on other people, which is why we're bigging them up, right? Because I just want talent to out. And these people are really, I feel like we're missing someone. Mary Lynn Rice Cup. Yeah, she's pretty good. From 24 and Larry Sanders' show. I want to be her friend. She is fab. I'm she's, a big fan of her work. and She, she reminds you of Sylv. She's very, very similar to Yeah, Sylve. I think that's why we like They her. even look a little bit alike. Yeah, they look a little bit alike. And I bet she's got some pervy weirdos that really like her. Because she she played Chloe on 24. Yes. Yeah, I bet she's got a lot of pervy she weirdos. She has a there. lot of uh, nerdy fans. Yeah. There were a number in the audience. Yeah, I, I want to be her friend. Yeah, she's, that was pretty she cool. She comes from the Janine Garofalo school of comedy. Well, we all know how we feel about Janine on this show. Yes, yes. I have touched her arm. I saw her tights. You th- she showed them to we me. We sound really pervy, but on this show... <laughs> it's all Janine, true. if you're listening, you are like our goddess. Because she is just... Does she remind you of Marsha? There's a similarity in Outlook and being... She can play me in the movie of my life. ...to potential detractors. Yeah, I think... That I do worship at the altar of the Garofalo. I have to say, I do. Yeah, I mean, she's just. Yeah, she's amazing. I've loved her my whole life, practically. Talking of love, we also loved shit-faced Shakespeare. Oh uh, yeah, that was pretty funny. 
That you like I texted a friend about that and he said I'd have to be shit faced to see Shakespeare. And I was like, yeah, that you would think that like you go dr- get drunk and go see it, but actually it's the other way around where one of the performers is drunk. Yes. And they do it in a really controlled, you know, looking after each other kind of way. And that guy was pretty funny. He was he brilliant. He was really funny. And what a great way to dissect Shakespeare while performing it. Yeah, I mean he was pretty shit faced. And from a, a classically trained Shakespeare performance troupe. You'd have to know that stuff backwards and forwards <laughs> yeah, to word. be able. I mean, uh, to be able to, because you could see how they were like. Even though he was shit faced, he was like tracing back his lines so that he could remember his next one because he knows it so well. Hmm. He's like rewinding a cassette tape just so that he could go forward. But he was a really funny guy. And also, it was quite clear that because every show of that particular performance is different because the same uh, member of the troupe can't get drunk every night. No. So they alternate. Different every night, but it sounds a bit. People going four times in a row to be able to see the little variations from one drunken night uh, to the other. Well, I looked at the line to get in the big purple cow because... You know, that's a venue. It's a big upside down purple cow, Mm. right? It's not, I'm not making that up. And, you know, it clearly. I'm a vegan and I don't appreciate those meat references. Yeah, I'm starting to hate it. You're going in a cow. Do you know what the cow yeah. feels like? What are you, a purple puppet? Anyway, so, and the, the the line was split, right? And I just saw like 10 people and I was like, oh my God, you know, that's going to be like 10 people in an airplane hangar. That's going to be kind of awkward. And it turns out the rest of the line was wrapped around the purple cow and there's like 300 people there. And these people were like diehard fans, Mm. man. I mean, yeah, that was a good way to spend an hour. A great way to learn about Shakespeare. Hilarious and just a lot of fun. Like Shakespeare without the boring crap. Talking of Shakespeare, Scottish falsetto sock puppets. Well, we just love them. Embraced Shakespeare this year. They did. And they're just untouchable because they're just so, just look them up online. They're just wonderful. What can you say? It's sock puppets. We have seen them each and every fringe. Here, 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 here. Really lovely. Also, we saw Notflix, which is a, a play on words of. Uh, How could we forget Notflix? Netflix. Oh my gosh. Notflix do improvised musicals based on films that members of the audience suggest to them. And at first I thought they'd do little mini-musicals. But no, one person in the audience had seen the... The Wedding Crashers. The Wedding Crashers. There are other films, my word. And with a pianist and a, a percussionist to keep the, the songs uh, a moving... Raging balls of megatalent. Of, of, was it five or six like women? five or six young women. Raging balls of megatalent. Raging. Absolutely brilliant. And they should have been nominated. All these people should have been nominated for, and Thought Puppets, should be nominated for the Edinburgh Award. And because I think we should reward talent. So we're going to reward them on the Dookie radio show. And we're going to say all of you, the Thought Puppets and Andy Saltzman, John Hastings, Notflix, Shitface Shakespeare, Sarah Kendall, Marilyn Rice Cobb, um, Pippa Evans... 
uh, Milo McCabe, you all win the Dookie Radio Show Edinburgh Fringe Award equally. And we'd like to thank you very much. Yay! (laughs) It should be noted how nice we are because the people that we didn't like, we've protected them. We protected the names of the guilty. May they find joy and peace in their lives. Here. I truly wish that. Now, where the fuck is the Volvo? Yeah, I'm going to have to make you some more ziti. Say something else that's not funny. Yeah, boy. Gonna analyze this. Yeah. Yeah, boy. Gonna analyze this. Yeah. Yeah, boy. Gonna analyze this. Analyze this. Analyze this. Yes, who's the next patient? I'm ready to do the analysis. Welcome to Analyze This, where yours truly dissects a given song to reveal its true essence. In this instalment, we feature a tune from the Todd Rundgren-fronted band Utopia. The song we'll be examining is Road to Utopia from their nearly eponymous album Adventures in Utopia. This is by no means a classic song. Do not be frustrated if you haven't heard it before. That isn't the point. But it's an interesting little ditty that fuses together a weird hodgepodge of prog, both traditional and modern for 1979, as well as elements that would sound worthy of a cheesy Broadway musical. Not to mention sections, all of these in the same song, mind you, that would not be out of place as the theme tune for an American sitcom of the era. Let's investigate. The Road to Utopia begins with a haunting analogue synth and Morse code-infused fade-in. This is followed by a guitar with what I presume to be a Roland or Boss chorus effect delivering an arpeggio that wouldn't be out of place on Russia's Permanent Waves album or on a B-side by the police. Some heavily compressed Yamaha CP electric piano gets added into the mix. With the Morse code motif carrying on its slightly annoying cacophony behind the intro, a second guitar delivers some moody, single-note melodic might of the sustained variety. And then the rhythm section kicks in. Featuring a nice, dirty Rickenbacker bass sound, and the tune takes on a bit of a, an early Genesis Steve Hackett era style. So we've had a little bit of the flavour of early Genesis. Now it turns into a rush, Hemisphere's album style drop down. I like it. But then the track turns into what can best be described as the sound of an American sitcom theme song. 
Chad and Emer were just looking for perfection. But little did they know that they had already found it in each other. And here's where it goes a bit Broadway musical. A second verse and chorus keep up the mid-Atlantic prog hybrid with American television theme and Broadway influences vibe. Until we get to the guitar solo, which is pure Alex Lifeson. But this section then gets followed by a middle eight that sounds like ELO doing incidental cheesy disco music for the film Flashdance. Adding to this disparate cocktail of strange influences, Utopia then give a nod to the Beatles' Tomorrow Never Knows. Regular listeners to the Dookie Radio Show will know of my disdain for fade-outs, but with a track as Frankenstein-like and weird as this one, I don't mind it at all. Utopia, I forgive you. Uh, tell me how you want to get everything perfectly lined up. Uh. Sylvia, normally you present scintillating situations in your city. This one's in every city. Yes. Well, every city in which you can access... Netflix. Yes, I don't mean to discriminate against people who might not have Netflix. I am sorry. I live on Baffin Island in Canada, and uh, we do not have access to Netflix. I am so sorry. I'm very sorry, Mr. Man. I don't want to offend you. I'm very sorry. You can come to my house and you can watch Netflix. Ah, I'll be there. Does that make it better? In a heartbeat. So, and also, Dog Wolf. I think we should give a shout out to Dog Wolf. Yes, Netflix. It used to be kind of like the MySpace of the film streaming world. Did it? A lot of films which you had no regret missing many, many years ago. Oh, Netflix is quite new to me, so I didn't know that. Okay, Indeed. So, you know, you're kind of going through all the films and like, oh, do I really want to see... Shanghai surprise you know probably not maybe Uh, not Freddy gets fingered you know do you need to see this ah Freddy got fingered that's with Tom Green he's Canadian but has never been to Baffin Island is that about making a trifle 
With like lady fingers. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah, okay. with, with a difference. Oh, okay. The one thing which Netflix is amazing uh, with, the original programming is quite good. Obviously, and probably most famously, Orange is the New Black. Yes. And Which you and Marcia like a lot. Yes. Okay. It's all about crazy eyes. Yes, she's very wonderful. I haven't really watched it, but I, I know Crazy Eyes, and I know that she's very wonderful. She is. And... We tried to go see her play over here, and you couldn't get tickets for love nor money. My word. Oh, my oh, no, you, God. You could for money. Oh, God, you, yeah. lots of money. Yeah. It's like, I, I, you know, I could, I would really like to go see this play. I don't know that I want to see it like 375 pounds worth. No. I'm sure like, that Crazy wow. Eyes is phenomenal. Clearly, a lot of comfortable shoe wearers have a disposable income that uh, my overshadows word, my our I mean, th- mm. yes. I'm sorry we missed it. But Dogwoof... We love them because of their logo. It's a profile of a dog. And because they're called Dog Woof. And because they make documentaries about really amazing people. And I'm going to name them now, Dookie. And could I please have pretentious amnesty? Of course. Okay, so do I need to have like a, you know, I think I need a sound effect for pretentious amnesty. Yeah. Okay. So now I'm covered by pretentious amnesty. Yeah. Okay. Yes. That's the seal of uh, amnesty against sounding like a pretentious yes. ass. You have a seal to protect you from. So, documentaries we have seen by made by Dogwood Productions are documentaries on Peggy Guggenheim. Yes. That was very good. Robert Maplethorpe. Yes. That was amazing. Very very good. Not so pretentious. I think you can take off my pretentious amnesty now. Yeah. Okay, thank you. So, uh, Janis Joplin. Ah, Little Girl Blue. Uh, that's a fine documentary. None of it uh, was filmed or shown in Baffin Island, where I live. I am so sorry. <gasps> Wiener! If you're listening to this podcast in, like, September 2016, Wiener is very topical at the moment. That was an amazing documentary. It's absolutely fabulous. I thought I was going to hate it because I usually don't like hearing about politicians who act in unsavory ways. But it was fascinating. Really fascinating. So that was amazing. Oh, and did I see the Janis Joplin one on there? Yes, Little Girl Blue. That was really, really amazing too. And I just love her anyway. But that was amazing. And who else have we seen? Iris. Oh, the documentary about Iris, the uh, fashionista who is now approximately older than Irene. Um, and she's amazing. You just fall in love with her. If you've already seen these and I'm like teaching your grandmother to suck eggs kind of thing, please forgive me. I am so sorry, but eggs are not readily available here on Island. I just want to say that these are things that you can do and see that I would recommend if you haven't seen them in these darkening days of fall. Another thing which... Autumn. I quite... Yes. You decided to make it mid-Atlantic. Yes. I appreciate that. Another thing about Netflix I quite like are the low-budget documentaries involving fandoms. Yes. Trekkies has been doing the rounds and is a, yes. uh, a series of films which celebrate fans of Star Trek. But care of Netflix, I found films about people that love... Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Back to the Future. And it got me thinking that 
nobody has done a documentary, a fan doc, if you will, yes. about fan docs. So you get loads and loads of people who meet up. Like people like us? Yes. Okay. And it's going to be, you know, hey, what do you want to do? Do you want to do Trekkies or are you going to do the Ghostbusters one? Ghostbusters! Ghostbusters! Yes! Stick on! That's good for you, but uh, not here for me on Baffin Island. A Netflix doc about Netflix addicts. Dookie, the next time we're sitting in this studio, yes. I think that we should have a camera crew all around us filming us. My pores as, are not even that big. Yeah, could you get the camera out away from me? Because like my pores are not even that small. Now, Cindy Crawford qu- quote. That, yeah, that is a quote from, from a documentary. the, what's it called? I think it's called Unzipped. Unzipped, it was a documentary in the early 90s about the wonderful fashion designer Isaac Mizrahi, mm. which is another great name for me. Um, and yes, it was all about him. That was a really good, I have that on DVD. Right. Because I loved it so much. It's probably available on Netflix, and if it isn't, it should be. Unzipped. So we could have like a fan doc about fans of fan docs. Yes. And a talking heads show. Yes. About talking heads shows. Yeah, there are some people who make their whole career now of being talking heads. Absolutely. Like, who's that guy who always shows up on the music docs? Uh, Morley. Paul Morley. Is that all he... I mean, I'm sure, Mr. Morley, if you're listening, I'm sure that's not all you do. It's just that it appears that that's all you do. To me, who's not in that world. Mm. It's kind of all that he does now, uh, unfortunately. Talent to man. It's just you Great know, writer, hey, and, um, listen, if you're doing a talking head stock, you pay me enough. I'll come along and talk about the 80s or whatever. It's like, oh, I really love those, you know, those, you know, I heart 19, you know, 80, whatever. You know, you get like Kate Fordson talking about stuff. It's wonderful. Yeah, we could do a talking heads uh, television series yeah. about talking heads. I'm going to shut up now, Dookie. And I'm going to go watch some Netflix. You need to Netflix and chill, man. Yeah, I'm going to go Netflix and chill. Yeah, so we're walking down one of the roads in Edinburgh, and we're going to one of the shows, and a couple of people in front of us, I think they were Americans, because everybody in in Edinburgh in uh, August is either American or, you know, not American, and... Excuse me, I'm from Canada. Yeah, Canada, and what I overheard one of them ask the other was... What would you rather have done? A month here at the Fringe or... We didn't hear the rest of it. What's the rest of that sentence? Uh, Message us with the rest of that. Indeed. Or... Or a month-long... Water skiing in Lake Tahoe. I don't know what the rest of that question is. Or a month of intensive Swahili lessons. Or a month of doing frying churros in Mexico City. Yes, a month of working with the the Peace Corps. Uh, A month spent on a kibbutz. A month of uh, working at an animal sanctuary. 
A month of Wednesdays. A month of fuck it. A month of Wednesdays. Yeah, a month of Wednesday. I don't know what. That sounds like a. I don't know. Our Wednesdays. Wednesdays are really not. You don't want a month of. Is that where you? Need you a solid month. Is that where you're running like an Adams Family lookalike oh, yeah, event every day of the week, and you, you pretty, get to find when Wednesday Adams. That's. Yeah, that that's that something. I mean, to be fair, a month at the fringe would be better than that, but still. I don't know if I can is, do. Is a month of Wednesdays actually a legitimate phrase? I haven't had a normal job in a really long time, but I remember that. Remember that feeling of Wednesday? Like, oh God, there's still two days to go. Somebody kill me. When I was touring North America, whenever we were listening to the radio, and it, Wednesday made its presence known. My goodness, the DJs on the morning zoo type program. It's hump day. Go, Whoa, hey, it's an amazing hump day here. But hey, make sure you're not too depressed because we've got, you know, that kind of shit. Yeah, I don't that know. That was if, very bad DJ. Could you, yeah, that's, <laughs> I can't deal I'm with that. Something I hated that kind of stuff even when I lived in the States. Uh, what? I don't think, could you do a month at the fringe? I mean, my God, I'd have to, you, firstly, you get scurvy, right? Because all you're eating is pizza. And and haggis, and you guys were having veggie or ve- otherwise vegetarian haggis. I veggie was, haggis, my my word is beautiful. I I gotta say that even as a meat eater, I'm not. Yeah, that stuff is pretty good, actually. I mean, it just is a thing. You don't eat it anyway. It just dawned on me. What the two North Americans that we heard having a chat? Yeah, may have been on the performance side of things, and the idea being you performed here in Edinburgh for a month. And then comparing what you could have done with your career or in your real yeah, life outside of a month all of that. on uh, James Corden's show. Yeah, well, you couldn't expend like, what, like, right as a writer, maybe. I don't know. All I know. It's not like James Corden's going to have the same guest on every day for a month. Oh, yeah. And we're really grounded in reality with the whole Wednesday Adams thing. This is a pretty good that time is... to get bureaucratic. <laughs> <laughs> that could be taking place. Autocratic, some kind of cratic. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, you know, we were in we were in Edinburgh for a week, and I haven't. I like you pronounced it correctly once, and then you. Yeah, you know, it comes. You and decided goes. to make it German. I haven't been able to get out of bed for a week, but that's also because the whiskey drinking that we started up there has carried on down here in London. Because of the car. Yes. And the fact that I have to keep making Yazidi for the rest of my life to make it up to you. Listeners, this is very much brought on by Marsha herself. Shit happens, we got through it. I like Ziti though, so I yeah, appreciate Yeah, I'd that, be milking it if I were you, but no, I just... You need to make me more. The lesson where from... Where are you buying the ingredients, though? That's what I want to know. The lesson from this whole thing is people, you got one of them key fob things that unlocks and unlocks your car. Hold on to it for all you're worth. Because the repercussions are like ripples in a lake. They start with a teeny little thing and they will disrupt your entire life forever. So... A month at the fringe or a month of, I suppose, drowning your sorrows because of a lost Volvo. Or certainly a lost fob. All hail the Volvo. 
all hail Scottish whiskey, there are other spirits. Hey, Mario, do you know what I want? Nah, how am I supposed to know what you really want? Well, I'm gonna tell you. I wanna what? I wanna what? I really, 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 really wanna. Hey, ain't that the spice coils? No, it's not, buddy. They won't be invented for another 50 years. So what do you want then? A dwarf. A dwarf? Yes, a dwarf. You mean like a, a little poison? Or a midget? A midget? Yes, a midget. But 70 years into the future, when people be listening to this, it'll be politically incorrect to say the word midget. Well, I don't want to be incorrect or political. So what's with the dwarf then? I'll tell ya. Dwarves give me dwarves, I need dwarves How come you want them so big? Dwarves, I want dwarves, any kind of dwarves Don't call them a midget Dwarves and videos Music promo videos We've got the dwarves and we've got the bits Dwarves and videos In the last instalment of the Dookie Radio Show Dwarves and Videos featured Oingo Boingo's Little Girls A track that caused very interesting reactions from our listeners but more about that another time. The Danny Elfman-fronted LA band feature once again in the segment as the video for the track Stay, which was released in 1988, features two dwarves who are working as stagehands in the Wild West set music promo. Here's a little snippet of the song. Well, that's your lot. I can't stress how great it was to have Sylvia Silversmith and Marsha MacDonald back in the studio again. Lost fobs, missing Volvos, supermarket class wars, fan docs about fan doc addicts and some decidedly musical geekery with Utopia being featured in Analyze This. Talking of which, the full-length version of that Frankenstein of a track will feature at the end of this episode. You've been listening to Fob Off the Fringe, my name is Dookie and I've been your host. May the worst of tomorrow be the best of yesterday. Now it's time for me to go and uh, <clears throat> pop my weasel. Thanks for listening. Half a pound of tuppenny rice, half a pound of treacle. That's the way the money goes. Pop goes the weasel. On Facebook page Facebook It's easy to find It will not take an age Facebook www.facebook.com Forward slash The Dukey Radio Show The Dukey Radio Show the thin white Dukey is right. Click your way to the Dukey Radio Show Facebook page. 
www.facebook.com forward slash The Dukey Radio Show. The Dukey Radio Show. The Dukey Radio Show. 